Let me eat it up then. Let me let me eat it up. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, T.S. Madison, honey. And if you're listening to this, I am loud, live, and in color with my baby, Jeffrey Masters. And he's going to ask me anything. Wait, did I say that ask, girl? We, we, we black folks can't get that ask, 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 ask together, child. You know, he's going to ask me anything he wants to ask me. And I'm going to answer all the questions the way that T.S. knows how. So let's do it, Jeffrey. Hey, welcome to the show. As you just heard, the great T.S. Madison is here today. This is someone whose career I've been following for a while, and her trajectory from where she started to where she is now, I would have considered impossible had she hadn't done it and proved us all wrong. T.S. was working in the adult film industry, starring in films and running a full production company when she went viral on Vine. And as you'll hear her say, this completely changed her life. This is 2013, and from there, she's crossed over into Hollywood. She just had a part in the big movie Zola. She's currently filming Bros with Billy Eichner. She executive produced and starred in a reality show on WeTV that's called The T.S. Madison Experience. She just seems completely unstoppable, and I think is one of the funniest and most entertaining people I've ever talked to. So without further ado, let's hear it. From The Advocate magazine, in partnership with GLAAD, this is LGBTQ&A. You know, you really shot up and rose to mainstream attention on Vine. That is the app that has since shut down. Now, I think we tell that story and remember it fondly, but going back to that time, the response to you was not entirely positive, right? Oh, it was not. You got to know that I'm a very loud, live, and in-color individual that walks through the earth like a kaleidoscope of colors. And I have been dealt uh, many different sets of cards, and they've all been very difficult cards. have been very difficult game to play. But I have to, you know, play the game according to the cards that I've been dealt. And Yes, in the beginning, when when Vine was in its prime, I was at the time, at that time, I was maybe in my, I don't know how many, eighth, ninth, tenth year, whatever, into creating adult films online. And so I was always looking for an outlet to promote my material. And I stumbled across Vine. I just stumbled across it. And everybody's doing like these funny skits or whatever. And I was like, well, I'm funny, but I'm not here to joke and laugh. Honey, I need to make some money. I followed a couple of hashtags. And the hashtag was Vine After Dark. I was like, ooh, they have a dark section. And so I clicked on the hashtag and I was like, oh, nudity. And I was like, okay, well, this might be the spot, you know, because there's no one in this area that's like me. They were, you know, cis people, cis, cis, cis head people. And so I'm just like, mm, let me invade the space. So before I even posted my very first mind, I studied all of the after dark stuff just to see like what is going on here. So I would look at everybody's, everybody's after dark. Then there was no trans content there. Like no trans girls were doing any content. So I was like, okay, well, if this after dark thing, maybe this will be an, another outlet for me to, you know, promote what I'm selling. So I put my first video up there to promote what I was selling. And I did it in a funny way. New weave, new weave, 22 inches. Yes. All of that was an accident. It was an accident and it was only a space of me trying to promote a product. And then once it happened, a straight guy, he stumbled across it 
God, what was that little boy's name? He started making videos about me. And then the sales of my site started to expand because people were like, how does this fat woman have a penis? They weren't even in the space of thinking I was trans. They thought that I was a fat woman with a penis. And this was like around 2013, I think, right? Yeah, 2013. Yes, 2013. So just for context, like that is the year that Orange is a New Black came out, where like Laverne Cox kind of like helped to introduce mm-hmm. the country to like what trans was. Mm-hmm. They weren't probably didn't even have language to describe that like Maddie is like a trans woman, right? They didn't. There wasn't any language. And because, you know, people associate trans women with so much masculinity and masculine features and drag queens. And this is no shade to drag queens, but drag queens and trans women are different things. Yeah. And so to those people that were looking at this, they they saw a woman, but then the genitalia that they saw was penis. And so it was very much so like, how is this, how could this even happen? And so here's when the conversation started to really go insane. And here's the thing, Jeffrey. People really felt that it was like a a detriment to our community. I love Laverne. I have extreme respect for Laverne. Laverne has conquered so many feats, and she's she's put a staple in our community as trans people. But it's one thing to hear trans, but another to see it. And even though it, it seemed as though I was a detriment in that space at the time in our community, people had the opportunity to to see it. And you use the word detriment. Is that a word that like people were signing to you about you? Yes, because in the backlash that I started receiving from the community was like, oh, she's a detriment to our community. She's not a representation of our community. She's this and the other and like all this mainstream stuff. And I was like, I'm a very, I'm a clapback girl. I will tear your ass up. I was making my own money. I've always been very successful at making my own money. So, and I made my own rules. So I don't care. I wasn't even thinking about a community. I was thinking about my keeping my, my lights on in my home. The community was over there digging at me. Oh, she's she's just she's just making us look bad. And this was this was going on for a long time. I would clap back and I would say things like, girl, I don't give a F about y'all bitches, you know, talking about me. And it's like, girl, I'm trying to make my money. Because I didn't care at that at that space in my brain because I, this is this was every day to me. And it's so interesting to me that you were being mocked and also continuing to like make videos and put out content because like you didn't like let that stop you. Mm-mm. Because my goal was to make my sales and it was it, it was working for me. People were buying, they were going to my site looking like getting like, like, oh my God, you know, and it was conversation every, like it was not just local conversation. It was worldwide conversation about me. What percentage of sales was increase? Like 50%? Oh, honey, listen, it was, it was such a huge increase in sales. (laughs) Child, I made so much money during that time. Like I made so much money, Jeffrey. It was ridiculous. Like I just, my revenue just increased insanely. Like, yeah, I would say about 50% or 60% increase. It was like, it was a, you know, I made good money, but an influx of an additional like five or six or $7,000 a week. Oh my God. Yeah. A week, a week, because it was just flustering like that. I was like, bitch. And that's how I read it. I'm rich, honey. I'm at the, you know, just, I was just, I was fussing, fussing at the people back, you know, at that time. 
I didn't feel that I had a responsibility to my community because, first of all, my community, I remember there's a video, there's a video, if, if I could ever find I'm, my fans, they'll find it when they listen to this. I remember me saying, I've never seen a community show up and pay a bill. I've never seen the community show up and feed and house me when I needed somewhere to live. I've never seen the community show up and take care of me when I needed to go to the doctor. Don't show up now talking to me about what's best for the community when I'm a part of a community that that I was out here trying to, you know, survive. The community didn't give me a job. Fuck y'all. And that's just at, at that time, that's the way that I felt. When I really sit back and I and I really look at it, like people didn't understand. And I wanted to make sure that I say this because I want this to be understood. I love Laverne. I got to know Laverne. I, I communicated with Laverne. But it was a very difficult time to go through when she was on Time Magazine as the transgender tipping point. And then I'm over here and it was just like, this is right. This is wrong. When in all actuality, none of it was wrong. I could have, if I underst- if I understood at the time... I could have communicated more with the people about uh, sex positivity and 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 made them understand. But at, I was not even in the mindset to make people understand. I wasn't. I didn't care about that. I was trying to make sales on my site, and so I continued to make content. And then one of my other content, it was a direct response to the guy who had posted. My video was a direct one. It just blew his mind. He was, because he was like, how does this fat bitch, how does she have a dick? How does she got a dick? And that's where that phrase, she got a dick, she got a dick, she got a dick. And it got, and I I was responding to him. And that little clip made it to Tosh.0, which further opened it up more because it went from worldwide conversation from the internet to Tosh.0 to he was like, and here's your dick of the week. And it was like, she got a dick, she got a dick. Cause I was saying, cause it was just, I was just repeating back then. She got a dick, she got a dick, she got a sugar, got a dick. Yeah, she, yeah, I was like, a dick, motherfucker, a dick. Yes. It was a response to this person because they were, they, they had began to antagonize me. Yeah. They were flooding my social media. And Jeffrey, I look like a black woman. Like a, the black lady next door, the, the 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 lady that sells fruit cups, the cookie lady. This is why it was so puzzling. Like, now do I got to start checking the ladies next door to me? Do I got to start checking their panties? Do they all have dicks? How is this even possible? And everybody's response was, how does she? It was never, how does he look like a woman? It was, how does she have a penis? Even though we know this from pornography, we know this. Great titles like Chicks with Dicks and Sluts with Nuts and things like that that have made millions of dollars. But this wasn't this wasn't occupying that porn space. This was in somebody's phone. <laughs> this was <laughs> that they sent to people as a gag. Like I remember people telling me, like, we open your, your vine up in a room full of birthday party. Like this was things that they were sending to people for birthday parties and stuff like that. It, it was spreading like that. Oh, because like, as opposed to just like watching porn alone in a room, this is like a group activity, like eliciting like conversations amongst people. Yes. I think you made the analogy about Laverne Cox being on the cover of Time and then you. I think that there needs to be room to talk about like both things. You know, trans porn is huge, like as you said. And like when we push that kind of conversation about desiring trans people to like the shadows, like it only increases shame and only like leads to more violence against trans people. And see, the thing about it is 
It really was not porn. I just was naked. And people that got it, got it for it being funny. For people who like are unfamiliar with you, I want to clarify that you were not simply just like starring in, in adult films. You were running a business. You had a production company. You were monetizing mm-hmm. a website. You were doing then what folks are doing today on OnlyFans, like before those platforms existed. Before they existed. You know what's funny to me, Jeffrey? <laughs> Some of the same bitches that were talking cash shit about me back then not being, you know, for you know a, a, a great... When times fell hard, when the pandemic came through, I had never seen them naked. But but guess what? They're flourishing now. And I'm like, oh, honey, I've been there, did that, got a T-shirt, made a meal, and keep going. Y'all just not getting into something that I've already conquered, honey. All of you are my daughters. So when did you take your like sex work business online? Oh, that happened back in 2004. I think like that's shockingly early yeah. in terms of like the internet. Like when the internet was like fresh and new, fresh and new. It's like all in its fresh and new stages. You know, it was already being dominated by white girls and Asian girls and stuff like that. And there have been a few black girls or whatever that were on there. However, they were they were, um, you know, they had a machine behind them. When I came into business, I didn't have a machine. It was just me looking. And my best friend, who's in heaven now, praise God, and she's she's in heaven, my heavenly warrior, she introduced me to it. And I was like, how are you at home not going to work and you have this beautiful house and, and trinkets of deceit, honey, all of these Fabergé and Franklin men and Baccarat, Chris, like you have all of these things in here and you don't go to work. She says, honey, you got to work smarter and not harder. She introduced me to that. Because I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know anything about making residuals off of being naked. I didn't know anything about that. She became my gay mother, my my porn mother. And and when, once you introduce me to something, Jeffrey, <laughs> it's mine from then on out. You know how Whitney Houston covered I Will Always Love You and it became hers? That's what I did with Vine, too. They introduced it to me and then it was mine. She introduced me to the the adult film game, and then I found a niche area, dominated that, and it became mine. I didn't erase her, but I went to different heights that she didn't even, you know, get the opportunity to go to because she was like, oh, like you really getting out there in waters because my mind started working on, I was hell bent on me not being broke anymore in life. Me not having to worry about where I'm going to live, how I'm going to pay my bills. Like, because I came from that time of me having to like really worry, like how, how, how am I going to do this? How? And this was a place of security for me. But I mean, like money aside though, I assume that it was appealing. Like when you do sex work, like in person, there's safety concerns. And like online, like you don't have to deal with that. Yes. I was, I was online. I was safe. I made once again, I made lots of money. I, I was able to buy a home. I bought a house. Like I went, that was the first thing I did when I made when I made enough money to really go down and put down on the house and start. You know, I, I really, I careered it. I made it. It's I'm not just a career, but it's just it was a security. Do you know how it is for trans people to go through the world without any security for people to, to judge you and to rake you over the coals because? I'm like, have you guys forgotten how hard it is out here to be two sex, two spirits combined into one, to be like who you are and going into a place? Have you not forgotten that there are people who will not hire you because of what you are? 
Have you forgotten how difficult it is for you to occupy cis places as a trans person? So why are you breathing fire down on me for trying to to secure security for myself? Even now, when I think about it in this space that I'm occupying now, because I, I haven't, I, child, I haven't t- taken my clothes off in, in years. And I get to say, why did you judge me? Why were you attacking me? Why, when you are, you as a queer person or a trans person understands how difficult it is to occupy cis spaces. And this was my form of creating a secure space for me, money-wise, living-wise, health-wise, safety-wise. I was secure in a place for me, but you were so concerned about how we are perceived in cis spaces and, and, and overlook that this girl is really trying to secure her security. But you worried about how straight people perceive you, please. I mean, I think that we've always shamed people who do sex work. But also, in 2013, there were so few trans people in the public eye. And so each one was kind of given the the weight and the responsibility to like speak for the entire community. It almost felt like it was like make or break it for all trans people, since someone watching you on Vine it might have been the only trans person that they know of that they were exposed to all year. But I personally think, Jeffrey, that it's wrong, that it was wrong, you know, and I felt wronged. I felt wronged. And I felt so wrong because this really wasn't a choice. A lot of things happened to me by force. Like I was forced into having to do that, you know, and a lot of girls, 90% of the girls are forced into that. Even the girls who are in who are occupying high high level spaces now will tell you they they may not elaborate on it, but they'll tell you they'll say, "Oh yeah, you know there was a time that I, I had I was involved in a little sex work, and I you know sex work is a part of you know I can't deny that you no know, you can't because it's it is it's just true, especially if you're black. It's true. I have a question about the T word. It's derogatory to slur. I'm, I'm, uh, the word tranny, though. I'm gonna yeah, say, yeah, but not for me. For the many course of my journey, I have been into sex work, and so tranny has been a part. Excuse me to any ladies or or gentlemen that are listening. Tranny had been a part of the way I monetized. Like I made money from that. That was what I was kind of going to ask because I was wondering if it's more or less required to attach that word to yourself if you're working in porn as a trans woman. Right. Now I'm not in the adult film industry anymore. So, you know, I don't use it. And I understand that there are girls who don't want to be called that or don't want to I get it. I respect it and I don't. But like when people try to use that as a slur to me, it's never been a slur to me. I don't like faggot. Ooh, I have hated that word from its inception because I have been met more with aggression and vitriol and danger from the word faggot than I ever have with tranny. Because tranny, I've made lots of money, you know, and I didn't tranny, she male. All of these were hashtags that were used when you wanted to look up a T girl that's in the business. 
However, I did understand that that you know a lot lots of girls are not in the business, and so it can it could potentially you know be offensive because it's like okay, well that's a word that they that people have used as a slur, and also men have used to objectify trans women, and so I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't just I did I'm not gonna say I went with the flow, but I understood it. But I also let people in the world know there's many words that you can use to uh, offend me. That's not one of them. So when you go, when that's your go-to word, girl, you didn't do anything for me, you know. Oh, because that is the word that bought you a house. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yes. I mean, I have to say, I think it's secretly subversive that you still have TS as a part of your name. Oh, yes. Right? For people who don't know, like TS is slang for trans or transsexual, transgender. Uh, do people outside the community realize that? Now, the reason why it's okay for them to call me T.S. or T.S. Mass and this and the other, because I have really came through and normalized it being a part of a name. Like, this T.S. Mass, hey, y'all. And the reason why I will not get rid of it, it's because I took ownership of it, like, with, with all, that I, all that I do. My financial security, you know, my, my security in general, that, that's, that's, that's a part of me, uh, my journey, who I am. And I want people to understand, I am not cis, nor do I want to be a, a cis woman. Biologically, I couldn't, but I just want to, because, you know, there are lots of people who, women and men who like to use that as a, you'll never be a real woman. You'll never be a real, you know, sweetie, I want you to understand this is why the TS has never dropped. I am confident and secure in my transness, darling. Please know that none of your slurs, none of your slurs, none of your your directly say, telling me what I will never be and what I'm not. I'm 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 completely aware of these things. I've taken ownership of those things, and I live a very 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 comfortable life. You don't live like me, honey. You don't. And I li- I am T S. I walk in the door letting you know I am T S Madison, honey. And so, how much did you have? to change how you talked about being trans as you did enter the more mainstream spaces? One thing I did was I took accountability of me not really understanding that being a public figure is bigger than me. And so I had to walk in the door taking accountability. And and, and even though I'm not sorry or ashamed of any of the things, I came in the door taking full accountability of understanding the community's position on the way that they felt in certain things. I was like, okay, I get it. I understand that at the time, you know, but however, let's have this, this conversation so that, so that we, so that we both can come to some understanding. This was about security for me. This had nothing to do with the community. Now that I'm, now that I'm walking in the, in a space where I'm understanding and, 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 and living in my purpose I know now that I can't be naked and I can't do I understand this now because I'm I'm more I'm even I'm secure I was secure then I'm even more secure now and I'm and I and now I can occupy the space to tell you people cuz now you want to listen this is what's been going on in our community girls are out there you you hear lots of girls talk about it but you see me live through it I want to say this so that so that people can really get it the reason why it was such a big ordeal when Caitlyn came in the door and she transitioned. Caitlyn, that's Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. People saw her transition. 
when we met Laverne, Laverne was trans. When we met Janet, she was trans. When we met Angelica, she was trans. When we met T.S. Madison, she was naked. So you saw all of her transness. She didn't just talk about it. Caitlin didn't just talk about it. Even though I know, I'm not over his support because I don't support Caitlyn and all the things that she does. I respect her as a trans person, but I always support her and all the things she do. But I just like to use her as, as an example. So when I try to lay these examples out, like you got to realize why things were so sensational because they saw the transition. It was, it was the reason why Gigi Gorgeous was so big on YouTube because they watched her go from A to B. The reason why people are so fascinated with my trajectory in in my career is because they saw me, they, they saw the transition from adult film to this. So when people are able to see, you can talk about something all day. You could talk about how how good this oil is in this jar. But when it, when a person takes you on a journey of how this oil was made and how it got over into this jar, it becomes more fascinating. Like, oh, because over here, it just looks easy. It's done. But I think that when you say that journey, what I've been so fascinated by with your career is you didn't just work in adult films. You were legendary. Yes. And I think the assumption would be that someone like you would not be welcomed into Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like, did you have those concerns? Oh, here's the thing. I had came to the conclusion because I had heard so many people say, well, you know, people who do porn, they never, there's only one or two Tracy Lords. And no black girls at all, cis or trans, no black girls at all. And so you hear things like, you fucked up your career. And you're like, okay, well, I'm good. I, I can't make a million here, but I'll make a million here. And then something as small as Vine happens, and you are a part of the world change and the and the conversation. And then you become a complete part of breaking down the norms, and you have no idea that this is what's set up for you. But God did. So I think that when I say, like, the assumption would be that someone who's notorious in porn, like, couldn't make it in Hollywood, I think then the question becomes, like, how did she do it? And it sounds like a big key component of that was, like, the virality that Vine gave you. Mm -hmm, yes, the virality that Vine gave me and the tenacity that I had to continue to be my authentic self. I haven't changed who I am. I just kept my clothes on. I am still I am still loud, live, and in color. I still will cuss your motherfucking ass out if necessary. And I still stand up for sex positivity for, for girls that are, that are working girls. And I, I still demand that you see girls and that's the guys included. I demand that when you see the girls trying to take care of themselves, you respect it for what it is. There are a lot of people that are occupying those spaces. They don't have a higher education. Or, you know, now, now there's really not many excuses because the world has changed enough to where we can get into those cis spaces and like say, hey, I'm coming to school. I'm going back to school. I'm, I'm coming to class. Don't you try me because, you know, I'll have a whole organization down here on your ass. So don't play with me. You know, we are in those spaces now. So I think that a lot of people who are doing sex sex work now, it's in a different phase now. It's in a, it's in a phase of, um, oh, God, y'all don't cuss me out when y'all hear this. It's in an easy, easy phase now. Like, it's easy now. Like, oh, I can go into that and make money. 
as opposed to 20 years ago when it was like, girl, we're not giving you fags a job or we're not letting you trannies come in here or you you transvestites. We don't want you working in here confusing our customers and we don't want you confusing. I remember me going to work and they they, they called me in the, uh, the HR office and told me to stop wearing stop wearing fitting dresses because I was confusing the men. I'm like, I don't got nothing to do with those men being confused, bitch. I came here to, to come to work. I don't have anything to do. I sit behind a cubicle. I walk from my car to the doors, to the clock in machine, to the cubicle. If I'm causing a disturbance because I have a big ass and y'all done went out there and told those people that I'm quote unquote a man, y'all didn't have to tell those people that. You didn't have to even say anything about that. Yes, I have breasts and I have hips and I have body and I have these things. And yes, I am passable, but girl, you told them that I was a man. And so now that you've done these things, now here I come to work and you calling me back here in the office telling me to stop wearing my dresses so tight because these people are distracted or confused. Where's that in the handbook? Oh, you haven't written a handbook that's centered around a trans person. So there, it's not in there. And then you want to go for it. And then you want to terminate my terminate me because you call, now I'm the problem. You're also not naming a single experience. You're naming multiple, right? This was recurring. Multiple experiences. Yes. And so this is this is what I when I explain to people, well, you could have went and got a job. Bitch, you don't know. I'm I'm a 44-year-old trans person, honey. And I've been I've been a trans been trans for 25 years, girl. You know, it, living in it for 25 years. And you could not imagine 25 years ago the way things were in the workplace. They're hard. There's still difficulties now, but it was real, real messy then. Well, and to that, I want to make sure that I'm not painting a rosy only picture of your experiences in Hollywood and these spaces now. I assume there have, of course, been challenges. <laughs> ah, you know... I've experienced a little bit of things, but I do know that I've experienced on my journey that there are some people who, if it wasn't for RuPaul, I have to say this, if it was not for RuPaul pressing, because RuPaul was like, I want her on my show. I want her in this space. I want, I don't care whatever pushback that you think that you want to give me, this is my show and I want her here. And RuPaul got it because RuPaul was was definitely loved me from Vine, loved me. RuPaul's posted me and all types of stuff, quoted me, you know, please step your pussy up, honey, get a job, suck a dick, you know. RuPaul is is so. If it wasn't really for her demanding, and see, this is the this is this is the responsibility of other queer people and queens that occupy spaces, whether, whether they're passable queens or whether they're queens who have not had a sordid past. It is important when you occupy positions of power and places of power that you reach into your community and you give opportunities to the girls who they will not give those opportunities to because. Because you're, sometimes you're missing out on a gym because you you won't give opportunity because this is a, a associated with because because I remember the T S Madison experience my first television show executive produced by me produced by World of Wonder for We TV 
and we were gearing up for press. <laughs> See, Jeffrey, here's something that's so important that you got to also remember in this. Not only am I trans, I'm black first, and uh, I, I, I get met with adversity all around in a circle. I won't name names, but there were black spaces that would not do press for my show. There were other, there were, there were white spaces too that wouldn't do press for my show, but they wouldn't do press for my show. I take it more personal when it's black that won't do press for me because I'm like, girl, you already know how the difficulties in this situation, why would you sit on your hands? Ah, is it because I've been an adult field? Because you're aware of these things? Or is it because I'm trans? Or is it just, or is it a, a conglomerate of all of the things? And it, it's a conglomerate of all the things, but it, it's just, it's, it's, it's very hurtful when you, when you know that the only thing that you've ever really tried to do was create a place of security for yourself and everyone wants to hold it against you because they don't understand. And then when you start creating more spaces of security for yourself and you occupy the space that they never thought that you'd occupy, they still want to hold those hold that against you. And you're like, why would you not, why wouldn't you do any press on the TS message? Do you, do you know how many boundaries I'm breaking? Not just for, for me, but for many people of color, for many of your black brothers and sisters, for many of your white brothers and sisters, girl. Why, why would you not, why would you not, why, why are you still holding a place of, Disdain for me in your heart for something you have no idea about. Yes, I have received pushback. <laughs> yeah. But the way that I get through that, Jeffrey, is I have to understand and I have to tell myself and believe this. Madison, whatever God has ordained and designed for you to receive, you, you'll get it. And whatever door closes for you, he'll open a window. He'll he'll put a crack and you'll push that crack through the wall and come on through. And for me, it has never been an easy get in. I've all I've never came in through the front door. Never. I have never came in through the front front door. It's always been either a side, either somebody let me in on the side, either somebody, you know, cracked a window, which is God. God is using them to crack a window. I've always had to find the back entrance. It's never been through the front door. And my existence right now in this world, because there's somebody else behind me somewhere, I don't know, my existence will be used as an example. And then they'll be able to come in through the front door. I think that's a beautiful place to stop. So thank you for the fantastic conversation. <laughs> thank you so much, Jeffrey. Thank you. And big thank you to Maddie for that. You can find her on Twitter at TSMadisonATL1. You can find her and follow all of her work there. And then as always, if you enjoyed this interview or any of our previous ones, please help us to spread the word on social media. When you tweet about us or post on Instagram or Facebook, when you text your group chats, those are all the biggest ways you can help our show continue to grow. So if you have done that, thank you so much. And if you haven't, now is the perfect time to start. We're brought to you by The Advocate Magazine in partnership with GLAAD. I'm Jeffrey Masters. I will see you next week. Bye. Be yourself, bitch. Step your pussy up, honey. Get a job. Own a business, bitch. Suck a dick.